Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, ooh lolly, 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 Good afternoon, delight, and welcome to the show that is sugary spiceless and everything niceness on OCRFM, which is uh, 98.3 across Colwacken District, 88.7 FM along the coast, and streaming online at ocrfm.org.au. How's it going, Mr. Max? Good. Good? Had a good week? Yeah. Got up to mischief? Yeah. Yeah? What have you been up to? Um, I've been at sleepovers... Sleeper. Oh, okay. I was at my friend's house for her birthday party, then I went home with Jesse mm-hmm. and had a sleepover there. Oh, right. Eh? And you decided to bring Jesse along. Yeah. <laughs> Hello again, Jesse. How are you? Good, thank you. You uh, thought the sweet treats were okay last time? Thought you'd come back? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Excellent. So, were there sweet treats at uh, the sleepover? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What sort of things? Uh,. Everything. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, coming down from a sugar high that you can't remember. Because, <laughs> th- yeah, that is something. Often uh, sleepovers and birthday parties and stuff, we haven't really talked about that much on Afternoon Delight yet. We will. We should do a, uh, a birthday or a sleepover special of some description about uh, the sorts of hijinks that you get up to with your brain when you're uh, late night sugar snacking. Yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm. an interesting topic to cover. But uh, for now, let's get straight into the show and find out what's inside the Yum Box this week. Okay, so the hills are alive with the sound of music and sweet things from Austria in the Yum Box at the moment. What have you chosen for us this week, Max? Milk chocolate bar with caramel, nougat, and crispy wheat rice. Mm-hmm. And almond cream filling wafer with milk, chocolate, and almond coating. Yum, yum, yum. So two very sweet things. Yeah. Sound like it. Mm. Okay, well, which one are we starting with first, the nougat or the choc bar? The almond cream filling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right then, let's have a squeeze. We'll find out uh, what what it is all about. The almond cream filled wafer with milk, chocolate, and almond coating, and its full title is the Pishinga Mandel Rigel. That's okay. a that's a mouthful. <laughs> so, do you want to hear something nuts? Okay. In the late 19th century, Austrian confectioner Oscar Pichinger created a plain round wafer that one saw astronomical sales, two launched his company to fame, and three earned the admiration of the royal court. That's pretty cool. 
So while we love wafers as much as the next person, we were quite sceptical that a wafer would accomplish all these, you know, royal highlights. However, the truth is that it did. Specifically, the main ingredient in this extremely tasty cake was marketed as an ordinary wafer for use in a special cake, the Pischinger Torte. It quickly became the hottest recipe in the Austrian Empire. So to make it, 12 wafers are slathered in rich chocolate, um, placed on top of each other, then covered in a gooey layer of melted chocolate. So with this chocolatey yum-yum fun thing, you should get a good taste of the Pissinger Torte with a slight upgrade because it's got uh, almond cream and a crispy almond topping as well. So uh, this one wouldn't be good for anyone that uh, is allergic to nuts, but it should still taste darn good. So talk us through, what does it look like? It Um, looks bumpy. Very lumpy (laughs) and bumpy. That's uh, almonds. It's... Um, Almost looks like a chalk-coated muesli bar. Yeah. But you can see the wafer bit through the middle. Yeah, it's got, like, layers. Yeah, heaps of layers. Max has gone for the munch test. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. Soft, crunchy, what's it got? Crunchy. Yeah, crunchy. And that kind of nutty layer to the outside as well? Yeah. It's not a smooth chocolate. It's got a real... I think it's probably the almonds, but that nutty taste mm. um, brings out the the cocoa flavour. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is good. But yeah, what have we got? Three or four layers of wafer? Three, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. And it's only a very thin layer of chocolate, so the Pischinger Tort. Thumbs up, thumbs down, what are you giving it? One thumb up. One out of two? How about you, Jessie? Mm. I think I'll do one. <laughs> Just the one as well? Peer pressure. <laughs> okay. So that is the Pischinger Mendel Rigel. So uh, even though the the royals liked it, you're not uh, as much of a fan. You you wouldn't be part of the Austrian Empire no. that thought it was all that crash hot. <laughs> I don't really like nuts that much either. You're not a nut fan? No, not really. Yeah, it doesn't exactly melt in your mouth, but it's got a nice crunch to it. Uh-huh. Okay, well, what's second on our list? The... Bobby Bar. The Bobby Bar. And it literally has Bobby as in the person's name. What's in the centre there? For the O, there's a face. And it's wearing a monocle and a bowler hat and got a little bow tie and (laughs) moustache. Kind of looks a bit like the Monopoly Man. Oh, yeah. Kind of. So I'm assuming that's Bobby. Uh, So it's a milk chocolate bar with caramel nougat and crispy wheat rice. So... The dapper fellow that you can see there in the letter O is Count Bobby and is the subject of Austria's favourite jokes. No one knows who first came up with the Count Bobby jokes, but they likely arose in the early 20th century as a way of poking fun at all the Austrian elites. The jokes always centre on Count Bobby, a bumbling aristocrat who's always missing the point. For example, would you like to hear one of the jokes? Yeah. Okay. Count Bobby reads that in Munich, a pedestrian is struck by a car every hour. Shocked, he exclaims, that poor pedestrian. <laughs> Take it over the line? No, not all that funny? I don't get it. <laughs> well, he thinks it's the same person being hit by the car every time. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, so uh, jokes such as those have kept Austrians laughing for decades, and by the 1950s, uh, Count Bobby had become a household name, inspiring very lengthy joke books, a film starring Austrian actor Peter Alexander, and even this very chocolate bar you are holding right now. 
The Bobby Bar first premiered in 1967, quickly becoming just as iconic as its comedic namesake. So with its rich milk chocolate filling, crunchy rice krispies and a soft caramel, it's, um, yeah, quite delectable. Uh, it's a very odd colour as well for the outside packaging. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's what? like it's red it's and white. Creamy kind of colour, red and yellow. Yeah, like a light car- caramel yellow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then almost a scarlet red on the mm-hmm. outside of the bobby bit. Yeah. Okay, so you've uh, opened it up there. What have we got? How is it segmented into separate pieces or is it a long bar? Long, it's bar. A long bar that I. It's kind of reminiscent of, oh, what is the name of that, uh, I can't think of what it's called now, the one that's got the rice puffs on the outside. Anyway, it looks like a solid caramel Oh, the middle filling. is squishy. Squishy? Oh, it's squishy, is it? Yeah, the middle. Oh, okay, I was thinking that was going to be a very hard caramel. Yeah, I thought too. Uh, then the outside has the rice puffs with a chocolate coating, so it's a very unique look. The middle tastes like cookie dough. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Oh, yeah. That soft caramel. It's very much like the little Jersey caramel. Have you ever had that before? I don't know. That, it's that same consistency. Mm. Very chewy. It's good. Mm. I like this one. Yeah. Well, would you like to find out some um, fun facts about Austria while you uh, munch down on the bobby bar? Okay. So, some of the different foods that Austria is famous for are potatoes, gingerbread, and chocolate. But each region of Austria has its own specialities. In Vienna, sweets reign supreme. You'll find tons of torts, wafers, and strudels. In Salzburg, a cheese-filled dumpling called Kasnocken is the local number one. And in Austria's mountainous regions, nothing tops their Tiroli Grosti. Apparently there's a recipe for how to make that in the uh, little booklet that they have given us. Yes, there is. So Tirola Grossel is um, Austria's kind of main dish. It's got bits of bacon and onion and potato and paprika and eggs and stuff in it. Mm. So what are you giving the bobby bar there? Two out of two. Two out of two? Two thumbs up? Yeah, I'm giving it two. I really <laughs> Same like deal, Jesse. You're not knocking that one back? Yeah, I like that one. Okie dokie. Well then, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to uh, look at this week's topic right after this. Kids Kingdom, come for a play or stay all day. Enjoy coffee and a sweet treat or lunch from our full on-site cafe menu. Book a party in one of our three colourful party rooms. Inquire today, 52315633. Kids Kingdom, proud sponsor of Afternoon Delight on OCR FM. Time and afternoon delight for us to look at this week's topic. Now, uh, gentlemen, what do you know about the Violet Crumble? It's um, like a um, crunchy bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got yellow in the middle. Yep. Honeycomb. Honeycomb on the yes. inside, chocolate on the outside. So, yes, it is uh, a honeycomb kind of toffee bar, I guess you'd call it, coated in chocolate. Very crunchy. Very, very crunchy. Um, it's very similar to Crunchy, which is made by Cadbury. 
And this is the Australian version, I guess you'd call it, made by Robert Minns in South Australia in Adelaide. Um, aside from Australia, it's very common in Hawaii and another selection of uh, different smaller countries such as Hong Kong and the Molly Stone markets in California. They can also be found in some import stores uh, in the United States, such as the Cost Plus World Market, and it's marketed as Australia's Violet Crumble. Abel Hoadley opened a jam factory in South Melbourne back in 1889, trading as A. Hoadley and & Company, and by 1895, business had expanded rapidly, and Hoadley built a five-storey premises called the Rising Sun Preserving Works. So he was bottling lots of jams and sauces and stuff like that. He would produce jams, jellies, fruit preserves, candied peel, sauces, and some confectionery, and he employed a workforce of about 200 people. By 1901, there were four preserving factories and a large confectionery factory. He then acquired the firm of Dillon, Burroughs & Co. and extended his product line to include vinegar, cocoa, and chocolate. In 1910, the jam business was sold off to Henry Jones, and in 1913, Hoadley's Chocolate was formed. And that's probably where uh, we focus mostly on the Hoadley name here at Afternoon Delight. Um, that same year, Hoadley produced his first chocolate assortment box, packing them in a purple box decorated with violets. The packaging was a tribute to his wife's favourite colour, which was purple, and her favourite flower, which was violets. Within the box, assortments was a piece of honeycomb that became so popular, Hoadley decided that he would create a honeycomb bar. This proved trickier than he first thought because as the pieces of honeycomb cooled, they'd absorb moisture and started to stick together. Because the hydroscopic nature of honeycomb led Hoadley to eventually dip his bars in chocolate to keep it dry and crunchy. Clever. Mm. So in 1913, the Violet Crumble Bar was created. He wanted to call his bar just Crumble, but learned it wasn't possible to protect that name with a trademark. So again, he thought of his wife, Susanna, and her favourite flower, and he added... Violet. Violet, yeah. He registered the name Violet Crumble using a purple wrapper with a small flower logo, and it was an instant success. Violet Crumbles are crispier in texture than the Crunchy Bars and have a slightly more marshmallow taste to them than uh, the Crunchy. Hoadley's Chocolates was then acquired by Roundtrees in 1970, and they produced the Violet Crumble until 1985, when it was acquired by Nestle, who moved the production to Campbellfield. Uh, but then, good news. January 11, 2018, Robert Menz purchased the Violet Crumble brand and its associated intellectual property and began production again here in Australia. So it is back to being an Australian-made product. Mm-hmm. So uh, it started off in Melbourne, and uh, it's still an Australian product now. Um, now, do you know the uh, the little pieces of violet crumble um, that get uh, left over when they're making a, a violet crumble bar? So they cut the honeycomb into slabs to make the bar, yeah. and they were left over with all these little tiny, tiny pieces. What do you think they did with them instead of throwing them out? They put them in bags and sold them. No, they didn't. Because remember, it's going to absorb moisture and it'll become soft and spongy. They had to put it in something else. Chocolate? No. Your mouth? No. <laughs> well, it does end up in your mouth eventually. We actually talked about this a couple of shows ago. 
the little crushed up tiny pieces ended up in Bertie Beetles. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, the colours of the Melbourne Wesley College uniform, which is yellow and purple, have apparently led students to sometimes being nicknamed Violet Crumbles. <laughs> Would you like to be called a Violet Crumble for your school uniform? No. Yeah. No? <laughs> well, apparently the Sydney Kings basketball team are also referred to as the Violet Crumbles throughout the 1990s because of their, the colours of their uniform. <laughs> But uh, something that Violet Crumbles are very well known for is their slogan. And uh, it used to be, nothing else matters. But now, or in these days, what is the slogan of the Violet Crumble? It's the Violet Shutters that matters. Okay. So, after the break, we're going to put that to the test and see if it really does matter how you shatter a violet crumble and does it change the flavour at all? Do you want to let people in on the secret of how we're going to do that or put them in suspense? Put them in suspense. <laughs> okay. So if you've got any uh, violet crumble memories you'd like to share, you can text them in to 0439 329 713. That's 0439 329 713. Or jump on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. And, yeah, share your Violet Crumble memories. We'll be back for a bit of uh, science right after this. Science! Science! Okay, it is time and afternoon delight. For a little bit of science, we're going to uh, do some road testing here yep. in the studio. So the slogan is, The Way It Shatters... That matters. matters. So we're going to put that to the test and find out whether or not it is true. Is Australia's violet crumble changed when you shatter it or not? So we've got three different violet crumbles in here, all of them exactly the same. Yeah. So they are all uh, created equally. They're all currently still in their packaging. They're all 50 grams. They're all gluten-free. What are you going to do to them, Max? And um, Jesse. <laughs> I'm going to hit mine with a hammer. Okay, you're going to hit yours with a hammer. And I'm going to drop a brick on mine. Okay, you're going to drop a brick on yours. And we're going to test whether or not that affects the flavour of the violet crumble. So who's going to go first? I'll help you. Okay, so Max has got his hammer. Okay. I'll hit the lead. That sounds bad. Okay. So it's all still within the packaging. Yeah. It's all crumbled up. That is a very violent crumble. <laughs> okay. So it's all smashed up. Jesse, <laughs> what okay. are you, you're going to drop a brick on yours. So Jesse's placing his uh, on the floor, lining up a brick. He's got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded lethal. Oh, it's open. <laughs> <laughs> That's the packaging. Okay. How many pieces did it break into after one... Well, I think one. No, two. Two pieces two. still? It's yeah. all crushed up? Okay. And we have one as kind of our... Uh, Test. Tester. Yeah. Righto. So, we'll open up the uh, the regular Violet Crumble that has not been affected by any form of violence <laughs> or uh, shattering. Uh, what do you notice about it? Um, it's not broken like ours. <laughs> it's not broken first up. And it's got a yellowy middle. 
And it looks yummy. <laughs> so it's a very tightly woven honeycomb. Tiny, tiny, tiny bubbles. Yeah. Tiny bubbles. <laughs> okay, you want to give it the crunch test? <laughs> okay, Max has definitely got the crunch going there. A very thin layer of chocolate on the outside. Yep. And what's your thoughts as you munch and crunch into it? It's good. It's good? And it tastes like honey. A bit. Now, just while you're crunching down on there, on the outside of the packaging it says, uh, Robin Menz is a financial supporter of the Cocoa Horizons Foundation, which is a program to improve the livelihoods of cocoa farmers and their communities through the promotion of sustainable, entrepreneurial farming, improved productivity and community development, helping to save orangutan habitats. Because we have talked about... um, Previously on Afternoon Delight, some of the different palm oil um, uh, that destroys rainforests and uh, messes up the home for orangutans. So this is an orangutan-friendly treat. They're trying to make sure that they don't harm any animals when they're uh, creating these products. So they don't use palm oil when producing the chocolate. Okay, so you've got a bit of a a taste in your head now of uh, the violet crumble and the crunchiness of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's check out the hammered <laughs> version first. Hand out. <laughs> yeah, I think. Is there much left of it? So do you want to tell us what it looks like? It looks like a big pile of mush. Mm-hmm. You've got violet crumble f- fairy dust. <laughs> There's not much at all. Holy moly. Okay, a tiny little bit there. So... There's one large lump of honeycomb. The rest, I would say, are probably Bertie Beetle-sized pieces. <laughs> tiny, tiny flakes. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's almost a honeycomb powder. Yeah. And it's really sticky now that it's not in the chocolate coating. Ah, okay, that's interesting. So have a bit of a nibble on that. Has it changed the flavour for you, or is it exactly the same as if it wasn't hit with a hammer? Same, I think. Exactly the same. What are you thinking, Max? A little less flavour. Is there too much air, not enough honeycomb anymore? I think so. I think so? And that's probably what it is. Oh. So the way that it shattered did matter for you, Max? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Much harder to heat. It's just a yellow dust. So you can taste the chocolate more than the honeycomb in that sense? That'd be good dusting to go over ice cream, I think. Yeah. There is a violet crumble flavoured ice cream, which has pieces of honeycomb in it, but uh, that could be sprinkled over the top. Okay, Jesse, your turn. You <laughs> dropped a brick on yours, and it split in two. Also burst open the packaging. Yeah. Has it changed the flavour or not? Holy. Yep, it's dusty. <laughs> it's dusty as well. <laughs> okay, so we're pulling apart the uh, purple packaging. <gasps> A lot more than two. Oh, yep. That's thousands. Thousands of tiny pieces as well. So the chocolate's been kind of snapped off the outside. Oh, dear. Not as small pieces as mine. Okay, so it's still crushed up into smaller pieces. I Um, think I dropped the brick more on one end than in the middle. Than in the middle? How can you tell that? Because in the middle there's solid bits, and on the end they're all over the place. It's all crushed. Okay, we might we might try the definitely crushed bit then. <laughs> okay, Max has got a big bit that's got 
the chocolate flake falling off and then two solid pieces of honeycomb. Jessie's got kind of Crumble. honeycomb powder. <laughs> I've got oh, it's got all over the bench. I've managed to get a piece that's still got lots of honeycomb to it with a little bit of chocolate. So that's interesting, actually, because, Max, you're going to be eating more honeycomb than chocolate. Mm. Maybe it is the way that it shatters that does actually matter. What are you thinking, Jesse? Pretty good. Has it changed the flavour at all? I don't think so. No? No. Not for you, Max? What's the verdict, then? Is it really the way it shatters that matters? For how you eat it, yes, but not for the taste. <laughs> so I guess we have to ask this question. Were they telling the truth or not? Is it the way it shatters that matters? Don't think so. Don't think so? Not We're putting really. a big thumbs down on that. Doesn't matter if it's smashed up into a million pieces or whether you're eating the whole thing as a bar. <laughs> On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with our sweetest tune right after this. You're listening to Afternoon Delight. Time for our sweetest tune on Afternoon Delight. What have you chosen for us this week, Max? Considering we're looking at Violet Crumble, uh, what is the name of the song? Violet Hill. Thank you, Dokie. So that's a song by the British band uh, Coldplay. It was written by the band for their fourth album, Viva La Vida, or Death and All His Friends, released in 2008. Built around repeating uh, guitar sound and kind of uh, a marching tempo, I guess you'd call it. It was initially a free download on the band's website, which was downloaded more than two million times. And um, Chris Martin has revealed that the song had been in development for a number of years with the first line and first little melody of the song written prior to the completion of the um, uh, album in 2007. So they'd kind of been holding on to it for, you know... About 12 months or so. Yeah. It's the first anti-war protest song from the group. And uh, this is what it sounds like. Was a long and dark December From the rooftops I remember There was snow White snow Clearly I remember Kind of a soft tune there. That is uh, Violet Hill by Coldplay. Nice pick, Max. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Jesse? That's pretty good. Pretty good. Having a bit of a sing along. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's almost time for us to uh, get into the recipe. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with more. Keep sending in your uh, violet crumble memories, and uh, we'll be back to share a recipe right after this. <laughs> Afternoon Delight, it is time to share a recipe. What have you chosen for us this week, Max? 
Violet crumble slice. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. What do we need for the violet crumble slice? One packet of malt biscuits, 600ml of thickened cream, a can of condensed milk, 400 grams of violet crumble bars chopped. And considering these long ones that we got were all 50 grams, you need a few violet crumbles. Yeah. How do we make it? Grease a line of cake. Um, gre- grease a line in a cake tin. Mm-hmm. Line the base of the cake tin with malt biscuits. In a separate bowl, add cream and wheat and beat with electric batter beater until whipped. Add condensed milk and beat again until combined. Add half the chopped violet crumble bars. Pour into cake tin on top of biscuit layer. Smooth out with spatula to create even layers. Top with the remaining chopped violet crumble bars and freeze for three hours and slice into equal squares. So it's a pretty easy one. That's a no-bake slice. Something even I could not mess up. <laughs> pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, we've stuck a copy of that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page for you to have a go at yourself. But uh, right now, it is time to find out what's new on the shelf. What's new, Pussycat? Okie dokie, it is time on Afternoon Delight to find out what's new on the shelf. Now, this is something that you have been desperate to do for about two weeks, isn't it, Max? Yeah. (laughs) You're a big fan of oak milk, and they brought out a line of lolly-inspired flavours. So we have looked at oak on the show before, um, where they have, you know, all the regular banana, chocolate, strawberry, caramel-flavoured milks. But uh, what strange concoctions have they come up with this time? Um... Jaffers. Jaffers. So right. kind of a chalk orange flavour, I'm going to predict. Yeah. Redskins. Mm-hmm. And there's another one there as well. Um, Chocito. Chiquito. Oh, okay. So it's going to be super chalk, perhaps. I can't open them. You can't. So I need to make them easier. <laughs> oh, okay. They're not kid-friendly. I wonder why. <laughs> so they're in um, a 600 mil there we go. container. Kind of a little carton. Yep. And uh, they got all the usual branding of uh, oak since 1967. Okay, so you've opened up the oak uh, Jaffa milk first there. Mm-hmm. Is there anything uh, dangerous looking about it when you pour it into the cups? Because what colour are Jaffas? Warm. Orange. Orangey red colour on the outside, and then we've got chocolate on the inside. But uh, the flavour of a Jaffa to me, yeah, is chalk orange. So I, that's what I'm predicting this particular milk drink is going to have. It looks a very dark brown colour. Yeah. Is their chocolate milk normally that um, normally that dark? No. No? <laughs> okay, I'm worried now. Right up. I think I got it in the bad way. That's okay. Okay, down the hatch then. Do you notice anything else about it? Um... Bubbly. It a little bit bubbly. It smells like a normal 
um chocolate and it tastes um, great drink it is very chocolatey i've got the yeah jaffas have kind of a you can taste the shiny shell if that makes sense yeah that orangey citrusy out outer layer of the jaffa Mhm. I can actually taste the Jaffa. Yeah. That tastes really good. See, I wasn't sure how chalk orange would go in milk. Orange juice and milk, to me, don't go together. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's really nice. That does actually taste like liquid Jaffa. Yeah. Mmm. And it doesn't leave a... Like a really... Uh, chocolatey taste in your mouth. No, not really, no. Mm. It's more like an orangey taste. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Round two then. What was the uh, next flavour? Choquito. Choquito. So what do you know about a Choquito? Nothing. This is the bar <laughs> that I was trying to remember the name of before. So the Bobby bar that we had looks very similar yeah, it does. to a Choquito. The yeah. caramel centre uh, yeah. yep. and the bubbly outside. It looks exactly like it. Yeah. We've just had a text in about, um, uh, does anyone remember the Choc Orange Fanta? That tasted great. Yes, I do, actually. Um, um, there was two different flavours of Fanta that came out at one stage. Choc Orange and kind of a bubble gum, I think, might have been. Um Kind of two different party flavours. And yeah, the Choc Orange, they really should have called it um, Jaffa Fanta. But I suppose they, they couldn't have. Ah, oh, it was a Raspberry Spider. Wow, thank you, Textee, <laughs> for... Uh, uh, maybe it wasn't Bubblegum. So Raspberry Spider and Choc Orange was the uh, the previous flavours that came out in Fanta. Okay, so the second one, Chiquito. Again, oh, actually it's a lighter chocolate yeah, colour. Yeah, it's a bit lighter. Mm. Yeah. I thought, considering it was going to probably be a choc-caramel taste, it would be a darker... It tastes a lot like that Bobby bar. Does it? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, layers of chocolate-caramel-flavoured milk. Mmm. What are you thinking, Max? That's good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that is nice. It's a very... Oh, how do you describe that? Strong. Mmm. It's got a... A bit chocolatey too. Yeah, a cocoa aftertaste. Yeah, cocoa. Have you ever had a teaspoon of cocoa? Yep. <laughs> it's got that kind of yep. Burnville cocoa taste to it. Kind of a rich chocolate. And then a smoother, um, yeah, smooth layer of caramel. We did forget to shake it first. So. Did you? <laughs> that could be. Possibly. Why it's got that particular taste. Now that's nice. Caramel. Choc caramel. Uh-huh. Out of the two, which do you prefer better? Probably that one. I think I prefer the one I had first, which was... The choc the orange? Jaffa. The yes. Jaffa flavour? Yeah, Jaffa. Yeah, I'm actually... Th- I'm liking the caramel a bit more than the, the Jaffa. I think, yeah, because it is so... So chocolatey. I don't know. It, it may uh, melt my brain with all the sugar. This last one I'm a bit worried about, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't really know what red skin tastes Yeah. Like. Have you it had the red like skin lollies? Yeah, I yeah. don't know what it would taste like in milk. So, uh, red skins to me 
a very intense raspberry flavour. Yeah. I can smell oh, red skin. You can smell the red skin just by yeah. pouring it into it the cup. Smells pretty good. Uh-huh. So I'm assuming this is going to be raspberry flavoured milk, but if it's red skin flavoured, is it really intense? No, it doesn't taste too raspberry. Really? It's it's red skin, but sort of like. Wow, that is bizarre. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they made this. It actually tastes like after you've eaten a red skin, not while you're eating it. Yeah. The the leftover flavour of a red skin. And then like a bit of milk with it. Mm. Yeah, it's like you've drunk milk after eating a red skin. Mm. Put some um sticky stuff in there. Then it's a red skin drink. Yes, sticky stuff. And we should say that this one is bright pink. Yeah, that's yeah. bright. Compared to the other two that were yeah, very brown. dark brown. Yeah, dark brown, <laughs> then sort of light brown, bright pink. I was wondering if the flavours were going to kind of merge together, but mm. that's not bad. That's good. It's probably not my favourite of the lot. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not a raspberry milk kind of person usually. If you're ranking them, Max, how are you going from one to three? The Chokito, Redskin, then Jaffa. Chokito, so Jaffa's bottom of the pile for you? Yep. yep. Okay, how about you, Jesse? I think I'm going Redskin, and then the Jaffa, and then the Chokito. Okay. I'm going Chokito, then I'm going Jaffa, then I'm going Redskin. So <laughs> I think we've managed to cover all bases with uh, everyone placing a first differently, second differently, third differently. So they're definitely a, a mixed bunch. We'll stick that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page for people to uh, have a bit of a squiz at and uh, cast your own vote. Do you remember last week's topic? Um, no. <laughs> we were War looking heads. at warheads. And oh. so we were asking people to share their memories of warheads because, um, yeah, they're quite an intense... Uh, creation. Yeah. So uh, Richard said, we used to go to 7-Elevens and get the super-sized slush puppies. We'd scull the drink until you got the biggest brain freeze of your life, then chow down on a pre-unwrapped handful of warheads. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they thought when they were growing up that warheads were their favourite lollies after the sour bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, as long as the sour bit had gone... He would wash them under a tap first to get rid of the sour bit. That's clever. Uh, Ty says, I like them. There were some that came in a show bag one year that were insanely sour. I reckon they'd been double dipped at the factory. We also posted up a video of uh, the 150 Warheads Challenge. Holly says, what a complete boof head to try that. Uh, so we'll stick that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Share your uh, Violet Crumble memories, and uh, you might like to do your own experiments at home and find out whether it is the way that it shatters that matters. We'll be back after this short break to wrap up the show by unwrapping our Kinder Surprise. Kinder, 
Righto, it's time to open up our Kinder Surprise. Max is uh, handing over the reins to Jesse to open up the Kinder Surprise this week. So uh, off comes the uh, the foil wrapper bit down to the chocolate. What's going to be inside? <laughs> it's having trouble splitting the chocolate. There we go. Okay, we're down to the capsule inside the uh, yellow pop thingity. Looks interesting. So you kind of squeeze the middle bit, and it's hinged. There we go. Oh, yeah. What have we got? Bit of a jigsaw. We have... I think it might be that monkey again. Another monkey? Yeah. yeah. Ah, that monkey. It's it haunting us. Like, uh, oh, is, uh, I can't put it together. Oh, no. It's a, it's a koala. It's a koala. Oh, okay. If I could get it the right way around. Yeah, it's a... Why won't it work? Yep, there's the koala. Okay, so two pieces there, you put the ears onto the head, no? You put the half of the body onto the other half of the body. And then you, there's flower wrapping. And then... It's a koala hanging onto a tree. Ah, okay, that's... Ah. Then there's, like, little viney leaf bits for it to hang off. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. That wraps up the show for this week. Thank you very much, Jesse, for coming along. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes, Had some fun. And thank you, Max, for your violent crumble uh, escapades. (laughs) We will be back next week to do it all again. And as always, you can join us on uh, the Facebook page. And if you want to listen back to anything, there will be a podcast of today's episode up on the page. We'll catch you next Sunday from 3. Bye-bye. See ya. Baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clear in the light of day. Then you know the night is always gonna be there anyway. Rubbing sticks and stones together makes the sparks ignite And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting Skyline rockets in flight